listening to a podcast from Light FM. It's a light breakfast on this very scary Tuesday. We're talking about horror stories, scary stories, ghost stories, whatever you want, because it's Halloween week. None, you went back in time, but to an alternative or alternate universe. Tell us the story. I think that's what happened. So I was, let's see now, 13 years old. I was in boarding school. And what you need to know about my school is that it's been around for a very long time. It was a British encampment, that it was a Japanese hospital and prison camp, as well as reverting back to the British all over again. So it's had a very storied past. And there are lots of different parts to the school building, including one wall where we used to play tennis against. And uh, behind that wall is a concrete wall where if you have to pop back has stumps in the ground stumps the remnants of stumps um oh like firing post stumps yep exactly that and there's still the bullet holes in the wall no yeah and uh, a couple of things that you'll notice about that is first of all that uh, whoever was doing the shooting was very good at it because the lines are pretty straight um, oh wow yeah, it's pretty it's pretty horrendous but okay that's not the going back in time so we used to have study time in the middle of the night i was in boarding school and there are 120 of us in a giant hall and this one particular night it was probably around 9 30 and you have to remember that we are three stories up and uh, there's no one else in school all right it's the day scholars have gone back so it's us and the housemaster right? right and we're a very disciplined bunch nobody looks up nobody does anything you just meant to study for a solid hour before bedtime and the air conditioning conked out right so we had to open the windows unprecedented and wouldn't you know it right about 10 minutes after the air conditioning goes off we start to hear marching outside Immediately below where we are is a quadrangle, a square, and there's a tarmac road. And we thought, oh, the army cadet kids were doing something. And you could see like moments of recognition amongst, you know, my, my fellow boarders. And we're like, hang on, it's 9.30 at night. Who's marching? Right. And as with all boys, one of us just can't stand it. Stands up, moves their head over to the window to see what's going on and then everybody like plows over to have a look mm -hmm. and the marching continues and we're looking at each other like can you hear that like we can like hear this right and we're all looking at each other quizzically and then this recognition dawns on our face that that's not supposed to be there because we can look straight down and there's nothing there and that's a private like area like not anyone from yeah, the school the is locked it's locked wow, right okay. when when yeah when school is out it gets locked and we just this marching just it, and it actually becomes quite thunderous now we you could put it down to any number of things but honestly we were ashen faced and as i say with the recognition on our faces we just like okay what do we do now and at that point, the, the housemaster, he comes in and he goes, boys, what's going on? And then um, one of the, the senior boys has a chat with him and then he looks out the window and then uh, he turns back to look at us and you can see that he's sort of straining to come up with an explanation, but he's is still the, the housemaster. Is the marching still going on? Like, can yep. he hear it? Yeah. Oh. And then he looks at us and he goes, nothing's going on, sit down. And then that's it. And, it. and he tells us, and he says very tellingly to the head boys, close the windows. And we're like, but the air conditioning is off. And then we sort of realize whatever it is that is out there, he doesn't want coming in. Why would you make a sit in a hall with no air conditioning? Right? 
and and nobody speaks about it and like honestly it never gets brought up again the next morning we're all I mean that night we filed back to our rooms nobody said a thing it was the most quiet after that I couldn't tell you whether the marching continued after that or not but we didn't speak about it ever again Did you all sleep that night I mean were you up all night thinking about it I think a lot of us really tried very hard to just close our eyes and just not not deal with it and there's some comfort because it's four of us to a room mm-hmm. and you're not alone um, there is another thing about my school the study hall that we were in used to be the dormitories for the students who were there before and we uh, a year before had to clear that place out and it was interesting because they are compartmentalized by just wooden slats mm-hmm. right and when we had to break the doors down in it's as if people had left immediately so this must have been at the onset of the war because suitcases, clothes, pictures, books, everything were just Wait, left there. Are you saying that this room that you guys had to clear yeah, out hall, yeah. had all the belongings of people who were there like 50 years ago, 40 yeah, years ago? Yeah, former students. So, yeah, so I still have a set of uh, the cricket pads. pads that were left behind. I I still have those. I have a a leather steamer trunk. We were allowed to keep the things, but it was pretty creepy. You could see that people were had just left suddenly like whole lives. That's insane and no one thought it was like Pantang to actually take any of the belongings. Eh, we were kids, it's free stuff. Are you thinking differently about it now? No, not really. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm materialistic like that. <laughs> it seems like radio people have stories. Everybody has one. I know you have one. Um we spoke to our colleague from our sister station Raga, our Tamil mm-hmm. station, and uh, she had a story. We spoke to her. Yeah, you're going to hear that next. We managed to convince a colleague on our sister radio station Raga to share her story that happened at work. This is Geeta. I was on air doing a live show. Um it is called Marmadesam. It's a horror program. Was listening to a caller's um EV experience his name I still can remember his uh, Maripan from Planajaya so while listening to his uh, horror experience I was just looking at the um, computer looking for the right sound effects background music and all that and then I noticed that second mic in the in the studio moved from up to down very slowly as if somebody's like adjusting the mic slowly you know so it moved about 6 or 7 inches I really freaked out and I reminded myself Gita do not scream your mic is on the caller is still on air and I kept staring at the mic and then I I noticed that I couldn't couldn't really focus so I told the caller Mr Maripan I'm so sorry my studio mic just moved and I can't concentrate on your story I'm sorry we shall speak another day and then I hang up I was just looking at the mic and I announced this on radio on air and then I start uh, I played songs Uh, and then I was just looking at the mic, trying to evaluate what happened. I was just looking at the logic part of the story. Maybe I thought, okay, maybe the mic, the stand is like a bit loose. Maybe maybe that could have been the reason. I tested the mic then, and the mic was like perfect. It wasn't loose or whatever. So I called the engineer. He came and said, eh, tak apa pun kita, all okay je. I think now thinking about that, maybe a ghost would have just passed by my studio. Was so interested to go on air with me. <laughs> I should have actually oh, switch on the mic and start interviewing the ghost. I I missed a very good chance lah. So when I actually announced it on air the, and the, the caller Maripun was like, "Oh Gita, oh god, what happened? Don't worry, we are there for you." What? There for me? I mean the studio alone. And then all the listeners they started um sending messages on um uh Warum Check the chat forum. So they were saying like, "Oh don't worry, we are there for you." Be, be strong and all that and I was like oh, okay 
So Fabes kicked off the whole scary storytelling yesterday and Non asked you if you fancied giving us a scare with your stories and boy, have you come back with some good ones. Okay, Sharon, what happened to you? Okay, this happened when I was about Form 1 mm-hmm. when we have uh, this dance club, uh, uh, dance, cl- uh, dance practice after school. Okay. So we finished the practice about 9.30 at night so a group of friends, about four of us, we actually we have practice at the third floor. Our library is at the second floor. So when we walked down, we heard a lady was singing. So it's like perhaps the oldies songs, about 40s, 50s songs. And a lady sing song and with uh, someone playing Erhu behind it. So we saw the lights, the, the library light didn't on, but like the oil lamp so you can see like the oil lamp is uh, moving around so we thought is it Chinese orchestra group because our school have this Chinese orchestra group so we went to their practice room Mm. to check is it they're having their practice at night so it's actually the same floor as the library so we went next door but we saw the practice room is locked so about four of us are curious who is singing inside the library and who is playing the erhu. So we check out, want to check out who is it. We try to open the window, but can't. There is those olden school day shutter windows. Mm-hmm. So one of us check the front door, another check the, the, the other rear door. Then, then both of them told us, the door is locked from the outside. Oh wow! There is wow. So we all over run out from the school mm. within seconds because actually the school got a lot of this kind of ghost stories. So when I went back to home, I told my mom. Then she she told me, "Oh, that lady sing still singing." <gasps> oh my goodness! Oh, my like, from goodness. her time as well. So where was because this? Uh, it's in Kotabaru, one of the Chinese school. Because uh-huh. last time my mom stayed around there, and they used to hear a lady singing near the field. It's actually the field where the school was built. Uh, she told me that the field used to be um, where the execution had happened during the Japanese War. Uh, so it seems that a lot of these things are centered around very traumatic events. Um, yeah. But there seems to be a bit of a recurring theme here, the war suddenly. And well, it makes uh, sense. You know, if something makes an impact in your living life, Yeah. perhaps it leaves a shadow or imprint after know. you're gone. There seems to be a link between music and uh, Chinese entities. Yeah, much better than the Western kind of... <coughs> Although having said that, my experience was more... <coughs> than musically... Well, I'll be sharing that with you next. So I need to give you a little bit of a picture set up here. I was living at Papa's house. I was in my mid-twenties and I was staying in my brother's room, which was directly opposite my Papa's room. And outside of my brother's window was the huge mango tree that we had been climbing and, you know, building forts in ever since it was strong enough to hold my brother and I. All right, this is important key parts of this story. I had been in hospital 
and I'd undergone an operation and I had come back from the hospital and had moved straight into my brother's room, which was the first room on the landing. And on the first night, I remember getting myself as comfortable as possible in the bed and I was reading a book. And I kind of fell asleep with the side light on and with the bathroom uh, light on with the door a little bit ajar. And sometime in the night, I could hear in my deep sleep this rattling against the window. And I remember thinking to myself, gosh, there must be a really big storm outside because the mango tree is obviously hitting the windows Mm. quite strong. And it carried on and got stronger and stronger until I actually, because I was still trying to sort of keep asleep, if you know what I mean, because I was tired and I wasn't feeling that good. It got stronger and stronger until it kind of pushed the window open. In those days, it was an old-fashioned grill and then the window there, which had an easy-ish latch. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to get out of bed. And I'd had, you know, my stitches were still in. It was a bit difficult to get up and walk, but I was like, I'll have to close that. If a storm's coming, the room will get flooded. Mm. At the same time as I was thinking about getting out of bed, my door started rattling very gently as if someone was trying to sort of push it open. Not wiggle the door handle but sort of rumble it to sort of kind of go I'm here let me in sort of thing and my senses sort of snapped up to there's something very odd and wrong here I opened my eyes and I suddenly realized that I felt pressure on my legs now I was on my back sort of starfishing arms by the side legs slightly apart and I couldn't move bedside light which was on as I opened my eyes, snapped off or switched off. So did the bathroom light. And through the lamp outside on the street and the moonlight, I could see that there was something on my bed. Because you know when you kind of crawl up on a bed, there's a depression oh, yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the sheets. But this was coming up over my body. So I was having what seemed to be hands mm. and something on all fours creeping up my body because I could see the bed denting as these things were moving and I felt this awful heaviness I couldn't move right and I was absolutely terrified because I realized this was not normal and that I was awake okay and I closed my eyes and I started to panic and I was trying to control my breathing thinking what should I do what should I do open my eyes again and I felt this shadow that was above me that was more than a shadow it was like a nothing okay okay And this strange formation, which I can only describe as a sort of mouth that was trying to open. And these two yellow eyes, or they seemed to be yellow, but they were kind of, I don't know, disappearing into the inky blackness. I couldn't explain. And I remember with all of my might screaming for my dad. I'm in my mid-twenties. I'm a grown woman. Screaming, Papa! And oddly enough, he was already awake and he came rushing into my bedroom flew the door open, switched on the lights. Everything just completely went back to normal, except I was completely sweating, freezing cold. And he could see the terror in my eyes. And I explained to him what had happened. He gave me a big hug. He said, keep the lights on, keep the doors open. He got something heavy to wedge the door open. And that's kind of how I remained for the whole rest of the night. And the next day, he got a couple of people over to do some prayers. And that was it. 
that sounds truly, truly terrifying. I cannot imagine having gone through something like that. Yeah, Absolutely not. It was. Okay. Wow. Thanks so much for sharing that. Uh, Tinish uh, called through, and his story is coming up. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much more of this I can handle. <laughs> It's more of like a series of things that happened in a house uh, I rented with a few friends of mine. How long ago was ago. this? Five plus years, five and a half years. Okay. Yeah, so this was during uni. A few of us uh, wanted to move in together, about four of us. We found this house uh, in a nice uh, residential area. It was a double-story house, pretty big. More than enough space for all of us. Uh, me and one of the guys decided like, you know what, let's go have a look. Uh, viewed the house, everything was nice. I had a little bit of a funny feeling at the start because... The place was felt like it was too empty, you know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain. Right. Uh, so anyway, we moved in. Months go by. And we started experiencing these weird things happening in the house. Things like the garage. It had a garage door. It okay. would just randomly open by itself at like 2 in the morning. Right. The thing is, the key was like right in front of us on the TV cabinet. But everyone was asleep except me and another guy. And you're like, uh, how did that open? So we get freaked out about things like that. And then one of the guys who would be living downstairs, he would say that he feels like there are things in his room. He can't explain. Right. Um, food would go missing. Like completely like, missing? Yeah. Like for, so, for example, we had this housemate, right? And he would buy like a few fruits. Maybe he'd buy like five apples, two bananas, just for himself. So most of us would segregate our, the food, the groceries we buy for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And one morning, a few mornings actually, he'll come out and ask like, Hey, you guys took my banana or apple? He's like, no. Why, yeah? It's missing lah. Sure. Say, yeah, I know. Then he takes the receipt. like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I got five apples and two bananas, but there's one missing of it. It's like, okay, weird. And, you know, you live in a house long enough. Uh, this house on the upper floor, uh, the, the floor was a bit, it's actually wooden covered by a carpet. Mm-hmm. So when you walk, it creaks, right? Mm-hmm. So eventually you live long enough with your housemates, um, especially if you're upstairs with two other guys. You know how they walk, even if you're in their room, in your own room with mm-hmm. the doors closed. You would know their walking style. So there's this one night I was just on the phone on my bed, and somebody walked from the end of the the hall upstairs towards the front of my door. And there's actually no reason to walk all the way to the front of my door because the stairs is before that. Mm. So if you would walk to the front of my door, I mean I'm assuming somebody wants to talk to me lah. Mm. So the footstep comes all the way to the front, and I'm expecting someone to knock, but no one knocks, and it stays like that. For a good 10 seconds. So what did you do? I was like, okay, I was on the, and the thing is, I was on the phone with a friend. I was like, uh, bro, uh, someone walked in front of my room, so I don't want to say anything. I can't tell if it's one of the boys, I don't recognize the steps. Um, what should I do? It's like, maybe just go and see lah. I mean, you know, you'll be scared, right? So I went, I opened the door and no one, absolutely no one. Everyone's asleep. Oh, and you can't see anything under the, the door as well because it's carpeted, you said, so there's no reflection yeah, exactly. or anything. So oh, wow. There's no like, light reflection on tiles or anything like that. And any, anyway, the lights were off. Well, anyway, I'm like, actually getting goosebumps here. Okay. <laughs> so, Tanish, how long did you stay and over how many incidences did you stay before, before you know, you decided to, what, move? Uh, so, we stayed there for close to two years. Um, we all eventually moved out slowly. I was one of the first, I was the second guy to move out of there. Um, but what eventually we spoke to the, um, one of the agents, uh, in the realtor, the realtor agents, one of the ladies, a younger lady, 
he came to us one day to uh, like you know they come and check the house how's mm-hmm. the condition of the house every few months or something uh, she came and she didn't know about all this and we told her hey, we told you guys about the story you all have do you know about anything and she said actually uh, what she thinks is that the previous that the owner uh, she had a husband who actually died uh, years ago many years back um, so she said we don't know but you know you never know it could be Dinesh, thank you so much for sharing your story. And uh, we're getting so many coming in and we're going to really enjoy getting to all of them. It's been a brilliant, scary Tuesday morning so far. You can listen to all the stories on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.